0: And um, I hear the first officer call out. And, and the first officer jumps on the radio and he screams, Holy shit, it's the goat man. And I mean, it's just like everything went quiet. And my, I, I could hear the ringing in my ears and I could feel my heart race. And so I hit my life and I went flying up there. I'd been told by some. Old, older the people elders there you grab them and you hold them and you, uh, you you don't own them but you you hold them there until daylight if we can hold them or pull it in pull them into the light it uh, destroys anything they have uh, any kind of power or anything that or anything they were trying to do to you it'll, it'll destroy them this guy was like bouncing like you know, like how you see people kind of getting ready to jig. You know how they kind of bounce. Yeah, he was like that way. He was just kind of bouncing, and he was just kind of going back and forth, and one foot to the other. And uh, and he just kind of turned sideways, and he turned back over to the other way, and and uh, he took off. Oh shit! He should have jumped in Wanda.
1: This is Lodge Tales. I'm your host Rod Williamson, and thanks again for joining us on another episode. If you are Native American, and you'd like to come on the show to share your strange and paranormal experiences, please consider emailing us at lodgetales at gmail Well, folks, welcome back to Lodge Tales. In this episode, Taryn and I continue our conversation about Bigfoot, little people, and this ghost car up at Ghost Ridge. Halfway through, Mike Conley joins us again. And with him, he talks about that. don't know if anyone's heard about it, but he calls it a devil above town pump. And then he retells another story about this hat man jumping in front of cars up at Snowshed. Then there's another one he tells about this devil that chases a man on those railroad tracks. Or, or a hat man, or whatever you want to call him. Didn't we talk about that jail? There's a spirit down there that talks to inmates. Yeah. So this is a good episode. Thanks you guys for you know listening to us and sharing the podcast wherever you can and well just showing interest. You know it's it's fun to do this and I'm glad to to get it out there for everybody to enjoy, get creeped out by <laughs> whatever. But um you know that you listeners really will make this worthwhile and uh patrons as well you guys help us a ton so thanks everybody for for supporting us here once again and uh let's get into it but there's a place down there I won't go anymore because of that and that's uh Long story short, I felt like I was lured there because there was broke branches that pointed the direction to it. And uh-huh. when I when I walk into it with my rifle, I realize I'm in an, well, like this really weird danger area where I can't. In the military, like we, certain areas where you can't do things. We call them danger areas. Like, so like say there's a big open field. That's a type of danger area because you got no cover and stuff. Well, in this case, it was so narrow that it made my rifle useless. That was the danger area I was in. And I, I think about it later. And I think that spot I was at, I think it was hunting deer that day. And it would yeah. like funnel it into that, lure it into that little area and just simply snatch it off the trail. That's what I think. But uh, I, I was kind of curious because I didn't like what I saw. I, those branches were broke from like 12 feet up. There was no wind. They were thick branches. That would have taken like two or three guys hanging on them to break them. They were snapped clean off just and placed. That's why I followed them. It's like it was a lure when I think back. But I was just curious, like, what's doing this? I didn't think anything about it. As I, I didn't like what I seen, like I said, so I skirted that area. I was basically trying to clear it. To make sure there wasn't a threat there after that. Yeah. So I skirted all the way around. Down by Jim Revis's And back up that side. And as I did. I came back around to where I was at. And that's the only way I've seen that trail. Whatever it is makes trails in circles. Wherever it's going to bed down or whatever. Because you'll only see that trail. For a split second. If you're approaching from the. The the only angle you can see it from other than that you're gonna walk right by it and you'll never see a trail there because it's a circle it blends in with everything else you'll never see it you know I like how trails are long and straight you just see them yeah. easy these ones are round you don't see them because they're always in tall grass uh in this case it was red willow a whole bunch of it like buck brush and it was there's a big hollowed out area where it led to i didn't want to go there I, I just couldn't do it. I was too afraid. <laughs> there was no sound. Like, that's what really, really creeped me out. There was no sound when I got down to that. That's what made me think I ran into, like, a danger area. Like, I thought I was walking into an ambush is what I thought. I was, I got really scared, and I start backing out. I put my rifle up. It was on fire. My finger was on the trigger. Everywhere I looked is where my front sight post was. You know, all the training just took over. I was so scared. I panicked a little bit, but I didn't let myself run. And that's yeah. what I said once I got back at that. And I was like, okay, now I can use my rifle. <laughs> that's when I start trying to clear it. But, that, yeah, that thing's down there, whatever it is. And then my dad's seen it down at the bridge. We walked down there. <laughs> we walked down there. The same bridge you're talking about, you know, earlier. As we get down or I'm fishing that day above on those cliffs on the Potts's side, right down below theirs yeah i'm I'm fishing right there off those cliffs. He goes down in that brush line and crosses with Carol and they start soaking their feet when they sit down and they get to looking around oh mm-hmm. cripes they they caught it,
2: <laughs> oh my it
1: was God. standing against the the rocks It like was holding it up, being just still. Wouldn't move. Man,
3: I, I, man, I think that that side is very like you know spooky when you're by yourself.
2: Yeah.
3: Because that one time I like got a flat tire, I was like drinking with a couple couple friends.
2: Yeah.
3: And um, I got a flat tire like right in between that coulee that like goes up right by like Kitson's. Mm-hmm. And I um, I got a flat tire right there, and I was like, hold on. I'll, I'll walk down to my um, my auntie's friends. I don't know why I was thinking I was gonna walk down to my auntie's friends. Like she's like a half a mile away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I was like, ah, oh, I'll find us some help, and I just start walking. But I was like walking through those fields and like I had, like at one point I just had to rip off like I had like, these little sandals on. Mm-hmm. I ripped those off because they were like hurting my feet so bad. And then I, like, went into the ditch bank. I had to swim across that, you know, swim across that little current. Yeah. And I got across there. And then I was like, okay. I was like, well, I'm going to hide my shoes and my wallet and my my keys right here. So I did. And I dug, like, a little hole. And I hid everything right there. And then I just went straight. I was like, I'm going to go to my Auntie Jolene's house. And I was like, I'm in my, you know. I'm in my territory, out of two men, so I can, I can go out here. So I went across there, and oh my god! All I kept hearing was like little footsteps, like all around me. And I was like, I was swimming across the um the river.
2: Yeah.
3: And I was like, oh, like it dropped off, like where I couldn't touch the bottom, and I was like swimming. Hmm. I was, like, swimming. And I was like, swimming, and I was like, oh my god, I was like oh my God, and I was like, please, please help me, like, you know, like praying to, you know, whatever. And I, I just crawled across that bank and I was just breathing all hard. And the next, you know, it felt like little like hands kind of like drug me up, but I kind of thought that it was just me like dragging myself up. Mm -hmm. And then I could like, I could see a little tiny trail to Auntie Dolan's house, but it wasn't like big enough for like you know like a human trail or like a cow trail.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It was like a little tiny trail through like through those trees. And I was like, okay, well I'll just follow this because I had I was bare bare feet like you know my feet were already cut up,
2: mm.
3: and I just walked through there. And, oh my god! I don't know. I kind of think that like you know little people help me. I guess. Yeah, through there.
2: That's what I was because, too.
3: yeah, kind of. I mean, they they scare me mm-hmm. at the same time, but at the same time, they've helped me, and my brother, across rivers, which is weird. Hmm. That's
1: that's really cool. To tell you the truth, those little people. I'm I'm really intrigued by them. They they really help us a lot. You know, I've I've seen. I've seen some that scared me. I've seen a shadow one over at Bill's that scared me. But I mean, there I hear more good stories about them where we're from, than bad ones. Yeah. You know, I imagine because they're everywhere. Those little people are everywhere in every country. You know, they're not just here. They're like everywhere. Yeah. Right. They, they look like different things too. They're they're different. Mm-hmm. They, I don't know. Like ours look like little indians, right? Like little shrunk indians mm-hmm. is how they look yeah. here. So, yeah, it's so strange. But uh, but I'm fascinated by those stories. That that's really unique yeah. that that happened to you. And I, I think, you know, you were worth worth some. Uh, how how do you say that? You there was something just... seen in you that was worth their while to to take pity on you. Yeah, right. You know, yeah.
3: Yeah, because my feet were already cut up. I was already like walking in the sun for like I don't know, like twenty five minutes.
2: Yeah, that's not I mean, joke. it
3: was like the middle of summer. Mm-hmm. Like I those people that were with me, they just left me. They mm-hmm. didn't like they didn't send anybody like, Oh, she's walking on the ditch bank road, she's right there. Like they could literally see me. Like I could see them. And I could see them getting picked up by people, and they just went straight to town. And I, would, I was just watching them. I was like, oh, it's too far for me to walk to the road and try and hitchhike and sit there and wait for another car to go by. So I might as well just walk to either my auntie's house or just walk straight home. <laughs> and when I tried, holy shit, it was hard. <laughs> Holy shit, I was
1: That's a long trek through there where you went that, that it route is. you're yeah. describing. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It, I didn't think it was gonna be that long. I was like, oh my god. I was like, it's literally right there. And then as I went in there, holy shit, it was like a whole other world. Like, yeah. oh my god. I couldn't even touch the bottom. I couldn't even do nothing. I was like getting swept away by currents. And then my feet were all bloody, like, cut up. And I was standing on top of, like, Jolene's porch. And she was like, tearing where is your shoes? And where did you come from? Hmm. And I said, from the river. And she was like, you walked across there? And she, like, got so mad at me.
1: That sounds like Auntie Jolene. <laughs> yeah. but I know.
3: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I really
1: got bitched off.
3: Yeah. Those are like, mm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Jeez.
3: Like, I I know for sure I will never cross that again.
1: There's so many spirits out there in that area. There's, um, geez, all those old ones that lived out there, they all had medicine, you know? Like, every house up that creek had medicine. You know, a long time ago, if if you do enough research, you'll run into it, where there was a guy named Chief, oh. Chief Crow that, uh, gave all his son-in-laws medicine like, and they were called like the all-sacred people or the all-holy people because they all had medicine up and down oh. that creek. Uncle Marvin tells stories about that too. Mm-hmm. Like Grandma Cecile and Charlie Horn, they had bundles, you know. Um, everybody yeah. up that creek, everybody up and down that creek. So there are a lot it's... of spirits out there. <clears throat>
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I know it's pretty holy, like, for sure, like, especially when I ran across her, when, um, when I had to run through those trees and I heard all those, like, things whispering at me, uh, I learned from there. I was like, we should.
1: Tell that story.
3: Oh, really? Okay.
2: Yeah,
1: tell that so, one
3: feeling? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I will. Because I remember telling you it before, like, you know, when you called me mm-hmm. like last yeah. month. Yeah. Wait, hold on, Colton's talking. He's whispering me yes. a story that like, he wants me to tell. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do want to say it out loud? Do you just want to say it on here? No? Okay. Mm-mm. Do you want me to tell it? Okay. Can I, Um Well, I'm going to tell Colton's story for him. Okay. So he said about this one time. He was... How old do you think he was? Like a year ago? I was six. Yeah, he said that he was six. Um. He said that he was... Were you home alone? Mm-hmm. Were you home alone or? No? Who was there? I've been were they all in the living room or where were they? Mm-hmm. Forgot. Okay. Well, anyways, um, he said that he was walking, you know, in um, my parents' house, well, Grandpa Teddy's house. Mm. You know where the bathroom is? Yeah. He said that he he's walked around that corner, and he's seen that bathroom door like close by itself, but like slowly, oh. and he just kind of like looked at it and then just kind of like took off. but he said that's his ghost story <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's where um when I was telling you about that bundle, that man in that yeah. bundle, that's where he yeah. came from. he came from that bathroom. I don't I think he might have come out of that room first, then went to that bathroom. He peeked in that door right next there, that was where me and Amber slept, and then we didn't touch Grandpa's room. Everything was still in there, the way it was yeah. Grandma's clothes, everything was still there. We didn't bother anything in there and uh he walked in there, that's where the bundle was. then he walked down the hallway. It really scared Brian, I mean uh Daniel. Brian was playing the computer and I was kind of watching him, but Daniel was sitting with his back against that, his back to that hallway that comes into the living room. Yeah. And our dog just started barking at them and Daniel jumped across that way. But yeah, that door has moved before. I've heard stories about that door before. I mean.
3: That bathroom door?
1: Yeah, because when Amber got up, she came out and said that. She said, did you come down this hallway and. Come out the bathroom and come check on me, something like that. And you know, that's to that door moved. It it did its thing and she yeah, I've you know, heard something similar to that before.
3: Ooh, that's scary. Because honestly, you know what? Like me and my parents, we have never like touched anything in that bathroom. Honestly, there's still like those Winnie a poo, like you know, those a Pooh little yeah. pictures below the sink or like above the sink below the below the mirror they still there. Like we, have, even that long um, mirror behind the door.
2: Yeah.
3: That's still there.
1: Is it still there?
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that whole, that whole bathroom has not been touched.
1: Let's get that. Like
3: we clean it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we clean it out and everything. Like the only thing that we add was just like a little um, cabinet above the toilet. But oh. that's about it. Like we didn't take anything out. We didn't paint everything like we painted the whole house but the one room we did not paint was that bathroom and and i'm just now realizing this holy shit weird yeah that is weird
1: yeah there's i wouldn't me personally growing up there at that house um yeah I never really got bothered in that house. Like, I always looked at it as a really safe place. Never, uh, yeah, like, me too. And I mean, like, the travelers, because I think a lot of these are just travelers. They just come through, you know? They're not like a lot of things that stick around that I, I've noticed, anyways. So I think it's that valley, not necessarily the house, right? I think it's that valley, whole to medicine, that whole valley right oh, there. Oh, you know? God. And what, just, I mean, all that land there on the res, there's so many things that go on there. I mean, just to crick over, you got a ghost ridge, you know, where all of those people I are mean, buried, you know.
3: Did I ever tell you about that time when, um, me and my one friend, well, two of my friends, we all got chased by, like, a ghost cat.
1: No, you never told me that.
3: So, um, this one time... Uh, my friend was driving, my other friend was sitting in the passenger seat, and I was sitting in the back seat, mm-hmm. and she had, like, a big old, like, Escalade, like, you know, like, a big ol' like, pretty much a big old, like, van, Yeah. like, it was huge, and uh, he was, we just went, like, went right past Ghost Bridge, and he said, Taryn, who's that, um, can you look back and see, like, how how close is that vehicle? And so I looked back, and I seen that car, like, getting closer. And then it'd go back, and then I'd get closer, and then it'd fall back, and then I'd get closer. Like, it just kept doing that, like, over and over.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: I was like, heck, I was like, I can't really, I can't, like, differentiate, like, how far away they are. And he was like, well, shit, their brights are on. So, uh, I was like, well, just speed up, I guess. So, he kept going, like, you know, further towards, like, Carpeel. And, um, when he did, he, um, he got, like, faster and faster, and that car just kept coming up. Like, the headlights were right, right on us. And I was like, oh, my God. And he, like, kept kind of like lose them and then all of a sudden as soon as we got around one turn it just like the lights just kind of went dark and we didn't see them again and so we pulled over out of like a um pull-up and we went back just to see like who is that who's following us or whatever and there was nobody there. Like I swear to god there was nobody even fall follow- there was no cars out there that were coming all the way out from Browning down, um, you know, like past Old Agency, down that heartbeat Creek crossroad. There was no cars. And then all of a sudden, those lights just like popped up.
1: Jeez. About where on that road do you figure?
3: Well, that's where he said. He said it was by Ghost Ridge. I wasn't sure, though, because it was dark out.
1: Oh, yeah. If you don't know that road very well, you would have a hard time kind of
3: yeah. It's
1: basically and, all to your left, all those hills to your left, right after four horns, turn yeah, off. yeah.
3: Yeah. It's all those hills. Yeah, that's how it was. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I was in the back by myself. And like, they were up front. And <laughs> I remember that one girl just screaming like, ah! And I was like, why are you screaming? And I was like, stop screaming. You're scaring me. <laughs> because, like, in the back, I was, like, they're like, I'm not scared, I'm not scared. Wow. But that, that guy driving was, like, after we got to Heartview, mm-hmm. and we um, mm-hmm. went, like, we went to, um, we drove to Great Falls the next day. But when we got to Valir, that's when he started telling us, like, scary stories, like, oh, you know, this is where people usually get followed by ghost cars and everything. We are like, hey, the fuck.
1: Yeah, Seven Mile Lane's just straight out there, too. Yeah. A lot of stuff I, happens there.
3: God. I I drove out to Seven Mile Lane before with my my dad and my sister and my uncle. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know if it was because we were all drinking and we couldn't tell that anything was happening to us. Or if Raquel was just driving so fast that we couldn't tell. But... I don't think anything happened to us out there which yeah. i'm glad because i did not want to look outside i kept looking at my dad i was like i'm not going to look outside the windows he's like yeah me either <laughs> he's gonna <getting> start yeah <laughs> each other
1: yeah nothing's happened to me out there either we were even broke down too on that road and it was turning yeah. in the evening and me and my brother had to run to the poolier to get gas and we had to leave the women in the car
2: oh my it's like God. jeepers
1: creepers kind of feeling because yeah. that that grass whatever was really high that wheat whatever they have there. it was it was really creepy
2: oh, God, that's scary.
1: but we didn't get bothered and we when we're coming from you know down here to go back home and visit and stuff we'll, we'll go on that yeah. road to save time you know oh really yeah and nothing ever happened we'd stop and take pictures at that that little corner where they seen that Batman. That's the only way they describe him. He's like sitting on that post. Uh, like, imagine sitting like I don't know, not on your butt, but still on your feet, but crouched like that, sitting.
3: Kind of like how Batman would sit like that, like um, yeah. when he's like on top of the buildings.
1: Yep, yeah, like that. Kind of like a gargoyle or whatever. Ooh, but, yeah, yeah. But the thing had its wings around it, like like hugging itself with its wings. And, some man, but looks like a bat. Ooh.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, anyways, right at that corner where that is, I always tell my wife, like, hey, remember the Batman? <laughs> She'll say. i will not going to look over there. They'll just take pictures this way. We won't even look over that way. But yeah.
3: <laughs> oh my god, that's scary.
1: I've traveled it, oh twenty times. 30 times, 40, I don't know, I lost count, quite a bit, and we've never, ever seen anything on that road, ever, Hmm. but we don't travel it at night ever, either, Yeah, is the other thing, so, I mean, a couple times we have, but we don't make it Hmm. a habit of it, I mean, you know, because it's at night, and if you're on that little road, what if you... Catch a sharp rock, and you're just like way out there. I mean, that's how I think. I'm like, I'd rather be on this road. There's a better chance of whoever coming by and like lending a hand or or whatever. So All right, bro. If, yeah, it's like basically for safety. I don't go on that road too much at night, but I will. I just just haven't very much. I try not to.
3: Ooh, oh my god, that's scary.
2: There's...
1: That's
3: like um because like you know when I come back from Butte to Browning. You know, I always drive past it where I'm like, I'd always look over and I'm like, ew, seven mile lane. But like, <laughs> like I'm like, ew, and I just like keep driving, but I'm like, I can never, ever drive on that. But I always drive by myself, like all the time. I mean, was, I mean well, now that I have Colton,
2: mm-hmm.
3: he uh, usually rides with me. But back then, I would always drive by myself. And I would just... Avoid everything and everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, that place is. Huh. I've heard too many stories about it to to doubt any of them. You know, there's right? there's just too many about that place. Okay, now we're just jumping right into the conversation with Mike Conley. Here we go. Alright, we're gonna call Mike Conley and do this again. Hello. Yeah, it's on again, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Here we go again.
1: Shit, so what were you talking about And that? You emailed me or uh, texted me and said there's a devil above town pump? You
0: ain't never heard about the devil at Tom Pump?
1: You know, I've heard a couple of freaky stories from there, but nothing that stands out like that.
0: Yeah. Well, the devil sits at Tom Pump and he watches everybody. <clears throat> you know, all the drunks and the juggies that wander in and out there and all hours of the night. Oh shit. So I got a story about that. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, let's hear it.
0: So, probably 2006-ish, 2007, as a juvenile officer for White Buffalo Home, and uh, we were patrolling, and I want to say it was around, right around uh, Halloween, October-ish, anyways,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um, I had one of the detention officers riding with me, and he... Uh, he had a devil mask, um, and he, he brought it with us, and one of our friends was uh, working security at, um, at Town Pump, and so one night we was out patrolling. We had the night shift, and we was, <clears throat> we was cruising and just doing our thing, and uh, all law enforcement always met at Town Pump at right about 1.45, 2 o'clock just before, uh, bar time, um, that way, because it was like, I guess what he called the hot spot where all the crimes and shit happened because everybody's going to make their last beer run. And, um, so that's where everybody goes. Well, prior to that, me and, uh, this guy that was riding, riding with me, he was a detention officer. Um, we we was messing with a friend that was doing security and so he put that devil mask on and he went around the south side of town pump when they had a window on that side and I parked towards the back and he jumped out and put his mask on and he went running up to that window and he went banging on it and looked in there and um, the guy he was scaring jumped and yelled and we we got kicked out of it and I pulled up and he jumped in a car and well, we jumped in our patrol car and we headed out. We did it maybe one more time, I think, throughout the night. And then, um, we met there probably about one thirty, one forty-five ish that 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 night. And we just kind of watched the traffic, everybody coming in, grabbing their last beer runs, and um, <coughs> oh, excuse me, and grabbing their last beer runs and whatnot. And, uh, maybe about. I want to say 2.30-ish, 3 o'clock, uh, we got a call for an MVA south on 89. And so everybody went flying out there and sounded like a pretty bad wreck. And we, there was a fatality. Hmm. And so uh, the sergeant, um, the BIA sergeant at the time, he asked me if I'd run back to town pump. Him and the highway patrolman asked if I'd run back to town pump and secure the video of him to see if he was at Tom pump because before he died I guess he was saying he had somebody in with him and um, he was asking where the guy went that was with him and and things like that and he ended up getting going to the hospital and then passing away mm-hmm. um, so I went back to Tom pump me and my ride along and we went in and we talked to the security guy he was like hey uh, we need this video from uh, this time to this time, and he said, All right, he said, I'll get it. And we asked for the front entrance inside and then all the pumps. And we uh, give him a description of the car. So maybe about four that morning, we worked till six in the morning, and maybe about four, my phone rings. And he's like, Hey, can you come up here to town pump? And I was like, Yeah, <clears throat> he said, I have your video. So we get there. And he's like, you guys want to watch this? And uh, so we're sitting there, and he found the car, and um, he used the back camera. and But he rewound it to probably 8, 9 o'clock that night, and he said, look at this. And as we're sitting there watching it, there was a back camera, uh, top of the building, all the way at the back. It could watch down the side, and you can see the pumps, so it was on the back side. What would that be, the south side? southeast corner and it was facing towards the pumps Um, it could see top of the roof the roof edge and then down that whole side to the um, gas pumps and uh, he said look at this and he pointed and you could see the outline of a uh, tall slender man he had on uh, a big cowboy hat or a big top hat long trench coat um, one of the fancy kinds, you know, that have the pointed tails on them and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, he had, he was sitting there and he had long pointy boots and you could see his boots because his, he was sitting with his legs. Uh, how do you describe it? He was sitting on the edge with his legs kind of hung over and his legs were crossed and he was kind of leaned back with one hand behind him and he was watching us and, uh you can see him. He was looking. He was leaning over. He watched uh, my rider head up to that window. And uh, when he jumped up and scared him, and the guy, the guy scared this uh, this man, kind of fell backwards like he was laughing. Hmm. And uh, he watched us pull up. And when when we pulled up, oh, I just got goosebumps. When, we, <laughs> when I pulled up, he jumped in. My rider jumped in, and we headed out, and that guy, you can watch him. He walks that rail down to that edge, and then he kind of goes off screen over on top of the roof. And I looked at the security guy, and I said, what the F is that? And he said, I don't know. He said, we went up there. He said, there's nobody up there. He said, but wait, there's more. And I'm like, okay. And so he fast-forwarded, and we, he found a car the car showed up. It was right around two o'clock, a little bit before two. Uh, you can see the guy. He got out, and uh, he didn't have tinted windows. He was in by himself. He got out of the car at uh, that far south pump. So you can see him perfectly. He, you watch him stagger into the to town pump, and you, we he switches videos to um, on another monitor to inside. Well, the whole time that that car pulls in that man from earlier, he was walking that rail, just kind of watching the crowd as everybody come in. Hmm. And you could tell he was really interested because he, he would just look and he'd just stare at a car and he'd follow it. And then he'd look back at this other car and then he'd watch the people coming in and out. And so, um, we got to watching it and then you see the, the the guy in the car, he comes out, and he has a, uh, I don't know, he has some beer, maybe a cold pack, 24-pack, something like that. And he's carrying it, and he puts it in his car. He puts his gas in. As he's standing out there pumping, he jumps in his car to leave. And just as he gets in his car, you can see that man on the top. He was watching him. He got really curious when this guy come walking out, really interested in him. And, um when a guy started pumping his gas and got, got in his car to go, the man from the top, it's like he floated down and he turned into, uh, like, the uh, I don't know how to explain it, the screen, whatever it was, he went into a white kind of light thing. And you can see that back door open and close. And then you watch that guy pull out and head south on 89. <laughs> and probably... Um, I want to say fifteen twenty minutes later that's when we got the call for that wreck and so um, a lot of people said that it was the uh, uh, there was a few clear pictures of it and when he was sitting there you could see his pointed boots and a lot of people say it was the devil Jeez. I probably have a I probably have another story anyways that guy passed away we searched around there was no signs of anybody else with him, but we could clearly see the back door open, but nobody get in with the car with him.
1: So, did you guys know about anything like that before he was messing around with that mask?
0: No, we had we had no idea that anything was going on up there, or didn't notice anything. I mean, how often do you look up at the roof? I know. You know. I never do. <laughs> so. I'm gonna know. <laughs> Well, Browning Town Pump for you.
1: Is is that, did they, I wonder whatever happened to that video?
0: So we had it, well, FBI, uh, FBI, Highway Patrol and uh, BIA police had copies. And then we had a copy. And we were showing everybody we could. And um, once I quit working at the White Buffalo Home, I have no idea where that video went. It was on a CD, so... It was a pretty obsolete, but we had it for quite a while, and we'd show everybody we could. Everybody would come up and ask to see the devil video, and, mm. and we'd show them. So
1: when he come off of that roof, he said he floated down. Did he? Was he already turned into that greenish-white light or whatever it was? About,
0: about halfway through, he floated down in full form, and uh, then he just turned into a light, and he went down right to the back right door of that car, and... He, uh, the back door opened and he disappeared. Hmm.
1: What did he look like? Did he have? Uh, I mean, was his clothes dark? Was he a shadow? Was he
0: full form? He, I mean, how did he look? He had he had a um, he was more of a shadow, full form kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You couldn't make it out with uh, with the cameras and whatnot, but you could make his shape out. Um, he had he had long fingers. He had long pointed toes. Um, he had the the big top hat or the big cowboy hat, you know, one of those great big 10 gallon cowboy hats. Mm-hmm. That's what he wore. And you could see his, um, his uh, long trench coat when he would stand up and he'd walk because you could see the tail part of it hanging down. So, I mean, you could see all of that. <coughs> and uh, I mean, you, you couldn't really see the face because um, the hat was pulled down. I, what I see, what I think of is uh you know, jeepers, creepers. Yeah. That's kind of what I think of when I remember back to that.
2: Mm.
1: <laughs> and that's, geez. What, what did, uh? so did, um? so everybody's aware of this, right? On the police force. Were there any other times that that happened that you know
0: of? Oh, yeah. There was a. There's at least two more times that I can recall. <clears throat> you want to those? Results? Yeah, share those. <laughs> so I'll, I'll do the short one. Well, they're both kind of short, but I'll do uh, <clears throat> the next one. It, not a whole lot, but um, when I was a deputy, I, the tribe was backed up on calls, and uh, we got a call from their dispatch, and they asked if one of us would go up to uh, Snowshed. They said, there's a man in a trench coat with a cowboy hat jumping in front of cars on the bridge. And he's standing on the rail when they come by, and then he jumps off in front of them, and they got a swerve to miss him. So I was in Browning, so I headed up US-2, and I got to um, Snowshed right at the top. And sure enough, there's a man and a a tall man and a cowboy hat and a trench coat. He's standing on the railing, and... I hit my lights and my spotlight, and he kind of steps over the edge down and falls down to where the tracks are. And I'm thinking, "Holy shit!" So I call out and I take that little gravel road, and you can go under the train tracks <clears throat> under that the road there with the train tracks. And I turn down in there and I cross into Burlington Northern's fence, and um, I turn towards that uh towards a bridge with my headlights and my lights going and there's this man standing there. Um, the best way to describe it is, you know, those uh, marble cigarettes where that guy, that cowboy's leaning against the wall with his foot up on it. Mm-hmm. That's how this guy was standing. And he kind of lit a cigarette and he was standing there smoking. And so I started driving towards him. You know, I got to check out what this guy's problem is. and um, I get up by him and, I can see a face, and he has this, I mean, I, this smile is just, you know that uh, movie that they just come out with, Smile? Mm Mm-hmm. That's the kind of smile this guy had, (laughs) and it's like he just slithered around to the side of that cement pillar that he was leaning against, and so I was was thinking to myself, holy shit, do I really want to get out? So I turned my spotlights over there, and I light it all up, and... I get out with my flashlight and i kind of start walking and announcing myself hey law enforcement come out and uh i get around the other side of the pillar and all up around in there and there's nobody around and i thought how was this and i got my cop car and i cleared and i left i wonder
1: was he trying to cause wrecks i wonder
0: I would assume so. He was standing on the edge, and he would jump out in front of cars.
1: <laughs> how many? How many calls were called in that night on that?
0: Uh there was probably about four or five, at least people oh. traveling on US two headed to town.
1: He's really raising hell up there. Now.
0: And so that was my, well, that was my third run in with this, with him, and so I would say my second one. Um, I was working uh, housing security, probably 2006-ish, early 2006, and um, <clears throat> there was me and another guy, and he was working up on that hill, and uh, where Harry Barnes stays, there's that hill back there, there's old border patrol houses, and we we was watching that um, old Laurent project when they was redoing all those houses. Mm-hmm. Well, he was parked up there in a little uh, S-10 blazer, and we was all patrolling around, and um, that was our main area was just to watch the construction site. And so um, next thing you know, we hear him screaming for help, and everybody goes up there, and um, we get there, and there's he calls for an ambulance too, and we get there, and there's this guy. I I, I can't remember his name. I want to say he was a at Gardapete. Um, we're listening to him his back's all scratched up he's all bloody he has he's bloody all over the front and his back's all scratched up and his shirt's all tore and um I was standing there when a BIA cop asked him well what happened so this guy's story is is that he was at a house party in Knox Landing and uh everybody started fighting around so he wanted to head home and he lived on Femoville across the tracks. So he said uh, he just kind of wandered, and he got up on. Um, he got right at the edge of Depot Coulee, and he didn't want to cross because it was all wet that time of year. It was probably Novemberish. And so he said he walked up to the tracks, <clears throat> and he got on the tracks, and he started walking down. And um, he said he had his beer, and he was just walking and drinking it. And he said he come up on this man who was sitting sideways, and tracks just kind of laying across them and he was playing with a rope and uh he said he walked by him and he told him hello and when he described him it's the same person that everybody that I've seen twice uh, big cowboy hat long trench coat pointy cowboy boots and um this guy said he had a big smile and long fingers <laughs> <clears throat> um he said he told him hello and uh He walked by him, he said, the guy told him, how how you doing, he smiled at him, and um, the guy said, oh, I'm good, just heading home. And so he said he continued walking down the tracks, and the guy jumped up and chased after him and said, hey, can I walk with you? He was like, sure, you can walk with me. So they're walking, and the guy, the, the man that he's seen... Never walks beside him or in front of him. He just stays behind him and he starts kicking the back of his shoe. You know, like when we were kids and somebody running in front of you, you kick their foot. And and, um, the guy said that was getting really annoying and he asked him to stop. And uh, the devil said no. And uh, the guy said, well, leave me alone. And he was like, no. And uh, the guy said, well, why not? And he said, because I want to tie you up and cut you. And he had that rope, and that guy said they started wrestling. Uh, he said he, jumped, he lunged at him, and they started wrestling. He dropped his beer, and he said he got disoriented. when he hit his head, and he jumped up, and he just took off running because he could feel something uh, warm on him, and it sharp pains. And so he just wanted to get the hell out of there. So he jumped up, took off running. Well, he started running back towards US2, the opposite way from his home. And... Uh, he said that guy was chasing him and he was laughing and he would say, stop, come here. And about that time he would feel sharp pains on his back and stuff running down his back. And he said he didn't want to stop. So he sprinted from those tracks all the way up to US2 and then he was running down US2 and that guy was still chasing him. It was probably about two in the morning, one, one thirty, two in the morning. He said he run down and he um, could see, one of the housing security guys sitting there in his car, his uh, dome light was on, and he could see him out in that field, so he went running over there, and that's when he went banging on that car. He got blood all over the side of it. Um, the housing security guy said when he got out, he was the only one there. He didn't see anybody, but he had a bunch of long scratches uh, on his back, and the back of his shirt was tore up. And that was the second time that I've ever heard of the devil I guess I've seen him twice and heard of him once.
1: I wonder how many other stories are like that out there. It's probably quite I'm sure there's
0: probably a lot. Just got to get people to come out and say it. I
2: mean,
1: it I don't
0: know, I really hate to call it the devil, but I honestly think that's what it is. That's what he is. Mm-hmm.
1: How about that jail, that jail cell? Is that that jailhouse down there? Have you heard any scary stories about that place?
0: Oh man, I used to run that jail for a while, (laughs) Mm. so, uh, let's see, what's a good one, all right, so we used to have, um, I'll give you this last one, then I got to get going,
1: Okay.
0: Um, so we used to have this, uh, when BIA come in, I started working as a supervisor there for corrections, Uh, they had a um, restraint chair, that's what the federal government used it was just for rowdy inmates, people who come in, try to fight, and it was just basically you just strapped them down in a chair and they sat there and screamed all they wanted. It was from them uh, stopping them from doing self-harm to themselves,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: beating up the wall, shit like that. So we had this girl come in. um, God, she was on a fight. She's spitting and kicking and biting, and she just wouldn't calm down, so we just took her straight to the restraint chair. And we had this holding cell, and uh, actually that's another story to this one too. Um, but uh, we took her to the holding cell, and we just put her straight in that restraint rest- chair, and we strapped her down, and we <clears throat> we got her sitting there. And you don't ever dress them out; you just put them in there in their regular clothes that they come in. And so me and uh, another BIA corrections guy, we put our camera on her, and we was watching her just you know just to keep an eye on her. Um, and we were sitting there and he was like, who's she talking to? And I looked at the camera and she was looking up towards the shower part in there and she was nodding her head yet and she was mumbling words and I said, I don't know, let's go look. So we thought maybe one of the trustees was by the door talking to her. So we go down around past the lunchroom and approach that holding cell and we could hear her mumbling something. Then when we got close, she got quiet. She just stopped talking. And I opened that door up and I was like, who are you talking to? And she's like, none of your effing business. And they're cussing us again. I was like, all right. So I closed it and locked it up. We went back to our office and we were sitting there and we, um, we start watching her again. Like she you know, she was looking up at the shower and she was talking. And uh, she's having a full-blown conversation. You couldn't hear him on those cameras, but you could see him moving, her lips moving, and she's talking. And so went snuck down there again and sure enough she quiet quit talking cussed us out and so we let her talk to whoever she was talking to for a little bit um maybe about an hour goes by and i go down there and i say said, are you calm she's like yeah i'm calm." i said do you want to get dressed out and get a blanket and the mat and go to sleep she she said yeah please so we took her in a booking room we closed the door we let her Get dressed in there, and she come out, and uh, we escorted her back to the holding cell because our junk tank was full, and the women's side didn't have a junk tank, and we didn't want to put her in with anybody. So she grabbed a mat and a blanket, and she um, heads into the cell and lays her mat down, and she's like, she gets down, she lays down, and um, we go back to our, uh, we close up the door and. We go back to our office and we're sitting there. We start watching and she's laying there and she covers her head and uh, she lays, lays like that, probably, I don't know, about 20, 30 minutes. And then all of a sudden, she just sits up and looks at the shower. <clears throat> um, I would my partner and I said, oh, here she goes again. Hmm. And uh, we're watching her and she sits up in her blanket, wraps it around her and she starts having a conversation looking at the shower. Um, and, uh, wait, we, we don't know why. So we, I told, I told my partner, Rick, let's walk down there. He said, let's be quiet and let's be sneaky and see if we can get down there. So we did. We went the different routes through the cell block and you come up the back way. It was a shorter way. And, uh, cause at night we just had all the uh, gates open to the cell blocks and cell doors closed so we can do our regular checks. So, so we walk around that corner and, um, we could hear her say, shh, shh as I come. Mm. And I just got chills. And I opened that door, and I was like, who the hell are you talking to? And she's like, nobody. And I was like, we heard you. We can see you on the camera. And she's like, no, I'm not talking to anybody. And so we close the door, and uh, me and my partner's a little spooked. And we head up, and we watch her, and she's talking. And next thing you know, something crawls under her blanket. So she's sitting there with her back against the wall in her blanket wrapped around her and she lifts up the left side of her arm like somebody's getting under it and she wraps her arm around them and you could see something sitting underneath that blanket with her.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So we go running back there and throw open that door and kick her out of there and take her back to a regular cell and we leave that door open for the rest of the night. Don't know what's in there. And that girl never did tell us who she was talking to. So I got, and that was, I got all kinds of stories about that jail. Jeez. But uh, I'll tell you a quick one where where I think it, it happened. So I was talking to my dad who worked down there a lot of years and he told me a story back in the 70s. <clears throat> um, they arrested a uh, non-member. He was a black guy up in East Glacier. He just, and he just, beat his wife to death um in east glacier and that's back then when county and tribe didn't have very good working relationship and so um they held him in our jail in a tribal jail um they was waiting for county to show up to come get him and when they my dad said this man was probably six five three hundred pounds just big burly guy um he said when well, they put him in that cell, the holding cell, because it was an actual cell, um, the guy ended up hanging himself in the shower
2: Jeez.
0: And before county ever got to him, so that lays the foundation for the story, so when I, in 90, 97, 98, when I was working as a corrections officer before I went to the military, um, one night I was working and that was, before it was a holding cell, uh, there was one bed in there, and that's where our trustees stayed And because we could turn out the light for that one, and um, our day trustee could sleep and be peaceful, and, but they had to keep the door cracked. So one night I was working and I was doing my rounds, and when uh, you do your rounds, you got to shine your flashlight in there and just to make sure that they're still in there and they haven't escaped, so. I walk, I do my female side, I do the male side and then I go around and I'm going to check on my trustees. My, my night trustees are up in the laundry room and they're folding, (coughs) they're folding towels and clothes and whatnot. and so I walk down past the TV room, uh, a couple trustees in there are watching TV and um, I get up to this trustee cell, the holding cell and the door's cracked and I pull it open a little bit, I flash my light in there I shined it on a trustee's face just to make sure and uh something at the corner of my eye moved and I looked up and I shined and there was a man standing in that in that shower a big black man Mm -hmm. and I jumped back and I shined my light and it was gone and uh so I just got chills again Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh so I uh you know I I couldn't just leave and so I shine that light in there but when i shine it at the shower you couldn't see it so i put it down at the floor so it still kind of lit up the room and i kind of poked my head in there and when i would stick my head in his head would come out the shower at the same time like i was looking in the mirror you know Mm -hmm. and so i'd put my head in, i'd look closer and i would pull my head back and i was thinking holy shit and i'd done that like two or three times and finally a trustee woke up said what the hell are you doing conway and I said, there's a man in your shower. He said, I know. He keeps me up most of the night by talking. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. And I said, you know, buddy? He's like, yeah, he's always been there. He said, now leave us alone. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> well, I left him alone. Went back up to my office. And so that's when I told my dad about that story. And he's, that's when he reiterated about the black dude that they arrested and hung himself in that shower.
1: I wonder, has anyone ever, you know, smudged that place out? And...
0: Um, I don't know about smudge, but I know at one point I had a, they had a priest come over and bless it. I'm, I don't know how well that ever does, but I don't think anybody's ever actually smudged it. You know what I mean? Oh. Probably wouldn't be a bad idea because I have a lot more stories of that place.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's probably a lot of stuff just stuck there, you know, that can't be. Oh, leave. I
0: wouldn't doubt it. A lot of people, a lot of spirits. I mean, the sad reality is a lot of people died in that jail.
1: Yeah, I know a few that died there too. Jeez.
0: And so, you know, the spirits and everything are probably just hanging out there, but I doubt that's anything the BIA would ever allow anybody to come in and do.
1: Oh, so that you'd have to clear it through all them?
0: What, the yeah, chief of police or something? Uh, no, the BIA, they, they oh. don't have bureau, police anymore. Oh, I see. Huh. Jeez. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got. Enough time for tonight. Okay. But I I have a lot more stories of that jail uh, for next time. We'll have to sit up another time. All
1: right. Sounds good, man.
0: <laughs> I got some good ones for that jail.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's. <laughs> Do a whole thing on those.
0: Yeah, I, I probably got maybe five, six stories or so. All right, Jeez, I hope a few th- things that come around. If you
1: know anybody else that might be willing to share, just have them you
0: know call me up, text me or yeah, something. Yeah, I will. Maybe I'll uh, talk to some of those old cops. Yeah. You know, those are those are the ones that you want to visit with because see everything.
1: I talked to Robert Wildgun for a while there once when I was doing his floor. Man, he's got some, oh, they're scary.
0: (laughs) Oh, I, I got, I heard of some stories. i listened to Robert tell some of his stories living in that old Douglas house down in uh, boarding school.
1: Those are the ones he told me too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's talking in his ear and Mm -hmm. telling him to do shit and pushing him downstairs and. Oh, heck, he told me. I got
1: some. Huh? Oh, he told me when he got basically possessed down there there was a party going on his kids had a party or something
0: yeah something like that yeah
1: and he there's one of those times and then that like there was like some coffee that he just slammed it was plum hut oh
0: yeah yeah he got some good ones robert he had an experience down there they ended up having to move out the house because of it Jeez. so i got some stories about them boarding school houses too
1: (laughs) oh yeah that's right you guys used to live down there
0: yeah (laughs) So, but for for another time Rod okay alrighty we'll talk to you later
1: alright thanks Mike see ya
0: yep
1: wow Mikey Conley that guy never disappoints yeah these guys got really good stories this Mike and Taryn so this next episode that we're coming out with is gonna be a patron episode and um it's actually going to be a part three with Taryn Williamson. Yeah, she comes back and tells a lot more. And um, stay tuned on Friday night, Saturday morning, we'll have that Patreon episode out. That one's a little delayed. There's a little more editing going on with that one, so it'll be a little bit late. So anyways, until next time, see you.